0: With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather round the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. So my friend, Michael Medved, who I was talking with uh, the other day about uh, the new talk show. I don't know if you guys have seen any of these episodes of Takeaways with Kirk Cameron. Uh, that's the full title. I don't normally refer to myself in the third person, but uh, that's the name. And uh, had a chance to talk with Dennis Prager and uh, Charlie Kirk and had a chance to talk with Mike Huckabee. And we were talking about uh, with Dinesh D'Souza about all kinds of things. And uh, M- Michael was was talking about resting from creative work. And I often feel like I wake up in the middle of the night and all throughout the day, I'm thinking of creating new ways to bring about an awakening of the family of faith because I want to see revival and restoration. I want to see life pumped into dark and dead areas of our country and of our world. But today, the day I take as the day of rest. I spent it, savoring the world that God has already created. Rather than trying to save the world, I want to savor the world and enjoy the good things that God has made, like my family, like my health, like good food and good friends, like the rescue mission that God has deployed to save sinful people like me and you. And I'm so thankful for those things. And I spent the whole day in front of a campfire, fixing a broken chair here around the campfire, which maybe I I hope that maybe one day you'll come and sit here with me uh, for one of our revival nights under the stars. I also crawled up into my attic and fixed some duct work so that when I'm turning on my oven fan, I'm not blowing the grease from my uh, fried fish tacos into my attic, but actually outside into the air where it can dissipate and just spent the day enjoying my family, my home, thanking God for that and reading in his word. I, I listened to a message from one of my friends named Jay Yountz. He has an incredibly uh, helpful and valuable resource on his YouTube channel. It's uh, Everyday Talk 24-7. I've mentioned to you him to, him, to you before. He's He's one of my wise friends, one of the Gandalfs that I look to for direction and insight and wisdom. And he pointed out something in Psalm 146. If you have your your Bible, you could maybe turn it open. I'm going to point this out. Psalm 146 says this, Praise the Lord, O my soul. I love that King David talks to himself. I frequently do that. Just today, Chelsea came out to the campfire and said, "Who are you talking to someone on the phone? I said, no. <laughs> I was just talking to myself. And David says, hey soul, hey hey, hey, me, hey life, hey, hey myself, he says. Praise the Lord. Give praise to God. Tell him how great he is. Re- recite how good he is. Remember how faithful he is. While I live, he says, I will praise God. I will sing praises to my God while I have life. And that's why I play music at the American Campfire Revival. It's why I play music and why I sing songs to God. It's important, particularly in the difficult and challenging days in which we live. And here's the cool part. He says, do not put your trust in princes. A modern translation of princes today may be rulers, politicians, elected officials, presidents, vice presidents, governors, senators. Nor in a son of man whom, in whom there is no help. Who's a son of man? A human. A son of man, a descendant of Adam and Eve. Don't put your hope there, he says. In whom there is no help. Why? Because... His spirit departs. He returns to his earth. And in that very day, his plans perish. So check this out. Don't put your hope in Biden. Don't put your hope in Trump. Don't put your hope in Pelosi. Don't put your hope in uh, Newsom. Don't put your hope in Perry or in DeSantis. And while civil government is ordained of God and created by God for our good... Don't put your hope, the Bible says, in a descendant of Adam, a human being. Why? Because one day they will die and they will go back into the ground. And all of their plans will perish on that day with them. Because their Google Calendar is, might as well be deleted. Their Asana schedule might as well be cancelled. Canceled. Everything in your day timer can just be erased once you die and you go down to the earth and you're six feet under. <laughs> our life is like a vapor. It eventually evaporates. And so don't put our hopes in those people. In, similarly, don't let powerful people in powerful places steal your joy and your confidence why because one day they'll die they'll go down into the dirt and their plans will cease with them and here's where he gives us hope he says instead happy is he who has the god of jacob for his help put your hope in the god of heaven who can help you why why him because he made heaven and earth I don't know one human who can make heaven and earth. He also made the sea and all that is in them, the heaven, the earth, and the sea, who keeps truth forever. One translation says, he remains faithful forever. Another, he keeps his promises forever. Wow, as my friend Jay points out, nobody can do that. Be faithful forever? Keep your promises forever? But our God can do that. He does even more than that. He executes justice for the oppressed. Are you oppressed? Are you getting the short end of the stick? Are you being unfairly accused and judged? Guess what? He will vindicate you. He gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. That reminds me of what Jesus said, that he came to set at liberty those who are in bondage to free the the captives. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. He can heal you physically from physical blindness and he can give you eyes of faith to see the things of God. The Lord raises those who are bowed down The Lord, God, loves the righteous. If you've come to a place of confessing and admitting and acknowledging your need for God's forgiveness and you've placed your faith in His Son, His righteousness has become your righteousness. And in God, by faith, you're righteous and He loves you. He watches over the strangers. You're not a stranger to God. He knows you. He made you. He formed you. He relieves the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. Isn't that, isn't that comforting on both ends? You're not a stranger to God. He loves you if you are a member of the family of faith who wants and longs and hungers and thirsts for what is right. You've come to him in humility and faith and now he exalts you as a son and as a daughter. And don't worry because the plans of the wicked he will turn upside down. Another translation says he will frustrate the plans of the wicked. It's easy to ask the question, God, why do evil people flourish? It seems like they do wickedness without impunity. Without being caught and punished, they continue to flourish. God says, you just got to stick around long enough to see the end of the story. God will turn their plans upside down. He will frustrate the plans of the wise and the wealthy, and ultimately, they will be caught in their own traps. This brought me to another passage of scripture that I want to share with you, which I mentioned before is the cure to anxiety and fear and worry, and it's found in First Philippians. I'm sorry, not First. There's no First Philippians. There's only one Philippians in the Bible. Philippians chapter four, verses uh, four through seven. And that's this, rejoice in the Lord always, he says, Paul says this. And again, I say, rejoice. He says, let your gentleness be known to all men because the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. So let me just stop right there and put that together. This is what spoke to my heart today. Trade your anxiety because of what powerful people are doing or Trade the anxiety that comes from powerful people not being able to help you the way they promised to help you. Trade that anxiety for joy and gentleness. Why? Because God is near and he's about to frustrate the plans of the powerful wicked people. Because God is near, you can have joy knowing that he's going to trounce the plans and upend the schemes of the wicked. And you can praise Him and rejoice and stay full of joy and let your gentleness, your compassion, your empathy, your thoughtfulness, your loving kindness be seen by everyone because you're not full of anxiety. Instead, God says, in everything, by prayer, talk to God, that's prayer, earth to heaven communication. Present your request to God okay God here's my request God make my heart right make my heart clean give me give me courage and the power to do what's right and help me trust you in the midst of concerning circumstances with thanksgiving and God I thank you I thank you that you're faithful and that you're near to me see this is the formula that produces Peace that guards your heart and your mind. You want peace of mind? Wicked people don't get it. They can't have it. Because they don't know the God of peace. It's only the God of peace who gives you and me the peace of God that will guard our mind. Peace of mind is a rare commodity. Peace of heart is what I want to help me to sleep. And it allows me to remain joyful and thankful in the midst of of the plans of the wicked playing out in front of us. Trade your anxiety for joy and gentleness because the Lord is near and he promises to frustrate and turn upside down the plans of the wicked. That's our confidence. That's our hope. And so we pray. We let God know of our requests. We give him thanks and we see the peace of God guard our mind and guard our heart There's a parallel passage in 1 Thessalonians that says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. Same thing, written by the same guy, Paul. Rejoice always, not just when things are going great, but in all circumstances. Why? Because the Lord is near. And when he is near, wickedness has to leave. It's like this light. When darkness is around, You can't see. But when light is near, the darkness flees. So we can rejoice. And God doesn't leave us or ever forsake us. He's always near us. That's his promise. And what did Psalm 146 say? He always keeps his promises. He's always faithful. Like nobody else, he's faithful to you and to me. So, rather than wringing your hands and worrying in the middle of the night, whether or not powerful people will fix our country, do what our founders did. Do what our early members of the family of faith in America did. Do what King David tells us to do, what God exhorts us to do. And that is stop trusting and stop fearing powerful people instead Put your trust in and fear the the one from whom all power is derived. The one who is good and who promises to never leave you and always be near you. As a child of God. Why can you trust him? Because he made heaven and earth and the sea. Been to the ocean lately? I have. It's huge. It's filled with fish and whales. Looked up at the nighttime sky lately. I'm doing it right now. There's the moon and the, and, and, and the stars. And he knows each one of them by name. It's, there's billions of galaxies out there. And he created it all and, and spans it with the palm of his hand. Been up in an airplane and looked at the earth lately and the mountains and the valleys and the plains. God is at work. And you can trust him. And he's always faithful. And he will bring justice to the oppressed. He will right every wrong. He will feed the hungry. His care and his faithfulness are perfect. And he sets you and me free. Both internally from selfishness and the chains that bind us up and lead us to pain and guilt and shame. He sets us free to be who he created us to be, to love him and to love our neighbors. And as we do that, we attract more and more people to the family of faith. And we, as individuals set free, can begin to set nations free through the power of God working through us. Yes, we can bring heaven to earth. Some of you have been wondering about this. Yes, we can. In fact, that is what we've been commissioned to do. It's what Adam was told to do in the garden. And it's what Jesus prayed would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's what he commanded us to do, to go and disciple all nations, to make them learners, to teach them. That's what discipleship is, is to teach them all the things that God, that Christ has commanded us and to to help them be learners and disciples of the mandates of heaven. And as we do that individually, as families, as communities of faith, and as nations, we begin to see the light of heaven shine here on earth until the whole world knows of the goodness and the glory of God. And he has had this program rolling out in earnest for well over 2,000 years with the power of heaven flowing here on earth through the hearts of you and me as the family of faith. So I hope that encourages you tonight. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, visit KirkCameron.com.